Builders, welcome to another episode of Beckett's Babies. We're your hosts, Sam Collier and Sarah Cho. And today's episode, uh, I want to talk a little bit about something that happened to me a few weeks earlier. So I posted a question in a very popular Playwrights Facebook group, and for reasons unknown, uh, it was taken down because my post failed to uh, follow the rules, um, and it was very self-promotional, and I think the comments were self-promotional. But that is why I was inspired to wanting to talk about what it means to promote um, as a playwright, as a writer. And any thoughts on this, Sam, about promotion in general? Yeah, I guess I'm just wondering, where do you draw the line between um, talking about your work in terms of your artistic pursuits and what you're interested in and curious about um, versus promoting yourself? And and should we draw a line? Is it useful to draw a line? Um, when is that valuable? And when is that, when does that stifle discussion? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I came across this article on Forbes. Uh, it's called Self-Promotion is a Leadership Skill by Bonnie Marcus. Um, because oftentimes I think, right, when we think of self-promotion, it's like very self-serving. Mm-hmm. And this article says it's not. We have to think of it more as a leadership skill. And I think that was kind of a great example or how we should start or just like thinking about self-promotion. Instead of this like a negative view, how can you think more positively about it? One of the first quotes I pulled from this article, it says, we have been conditioned to take the back seat and wait to be recognized. As a consequence, we often have this inner argument about how to proceed with self-promotion. We know we should do more of it. We know we should be better at it. But at the same time, it's more comfortable to stay focused on doing our work. And so I think that inner argument that she's mentions um, mm-hmm. is, you know, that reluctance, I think, forces us to not want to self-promote. And then, I don't know, I just feel like then it starts yeah. the views about what self-promotion gets ugly because maybe, like, for our, the individual, it's it's just posed negatively. on. Yeah, but but it's interesting that she says we know we should mm-hmm. do more of it. I mean, I think there is this, this feeling that it's really important to be able to mm-hmm, mm-hmm. promote our own work and – and I'm wondering if we can just talk through the reasons it is important. Like, what's the value of it? To do more of it? hmm Why is it well, important? Well, I think one, and then I'll read in a couple other quotes, but I think one is, is just being able to communicate the why it is important and this is and this article is kind of talking about from a, an office maybe or like a business standpoint, but I think it really applies to just mm-hmm. anything in the arts. Um, but I think it's getting those ideas across and communicating the value of those ideas is like really important. So your value of your work, value of you as a writer, why people should hire you, yeah. why people should um, think that you yeah you just have value in in your work and what, what you bring to the table. Um, 
And I think that's just important practice. Well, and nobody's going to do it for you, right? Especially when you're starting out. So um, I think the ability to convey that you believe in your work um, is, is what makes people interested in you and your work at the beginning of your career. And so the way that we get more work is by being able to, as gross as it sounds, sell yeah. ourselves. Um, which brings me to this next quote. It says, it is your responsibility to talk about what you and your team have achieved, not only for your own benefit, but also for the team and the company. It's how to create influence. It's how you sell your ideas across the organization. It's the basis of building relationships with key stakeholders and gaining access to the power networks. So I know that's very like... Mm -hmm very focused on like business side of things, but let's just say you have your work produced, you have a show, a lot of people were involved in making your show happen, actors and designers and things like that, or even a reading. And you want people to come to your Mm -hmm. show, you want people to come to your readings, but how can they if, if you're not there to advocate for it? If you're not so that's like, I think it's really important right. to do. Yeah. I mean, especially for a live performance, it, mm-hmm. it doesn't happen unless mm-hmm. there's an audience. And so it's, it's just as important to get people to right. see it as it is to make the work itself. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like instances, like being in LA, <laughs> trying to promote a sketch show or a comedy show or any kind of show in LA where your city is just huge with massive people that's one of the things I've always find myself struggling is like, how do mm-hmm. I stand out in all this noise? It's just like constantly, it's like always a battle mm-hmm. and I'm still battling with it. <laughs> like, um, trying to get butt- yeah. butts in the seats. And so when I, one of the things I do find out is more like when I'm out, I'm like, you know, with friends, bars, or like some kind of situation, you know, situation where I'm like in more networking environment or whatever, you know, I'm like, Hey, having a show is helpful too, because I have, there's something there. I'm like, it's like a business mm-hmm. card or something like, Oh, you know, if you're free and this night, you should come out to the show and check, check this out, check out my team out, check right. out, check out me, you know, just like, Hey, and then if you hang around, I'd love to say hi to you. You know, it's like a, such an opportunity way, create an opportunity for yourself. Yeah, that's how we get to know each other as artists is by seeing each other's work. And so um, it's kind of reductive to think about it as just as just like promoting yourself, because it's really more I think about um, conveying mm-hmm. to others what you're interested in and, and the, the styles you work with and the people you work with. And by inviting somebody to come see your show you're beginning a convers an artistic conversation with that person. And and I actually think it's it's kind of it's not only simplistic, but it's like kind of capitalistic and sad to think of that as just about an exchange of sometimes though money. at the end of the day, it's not maybe your I mean your work might stand out and you know, maybe it was a work that received a lot of awards or some attention. But then I think in the end of the day, it's like people just want to know who you are and they want to work with you and collaborate with you. And maybe your work is just that entry point 
to get to know you. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. I wonder, and this made me think just now, like a question, like what if I don't know myself? Like how do I, like I still don't know who I am, where I'm coming yeah. from, what my voice is. And I, that's such a tough thing to think about because, or for me, because I'm, I feel like as people, we're always constantly changing too. <laughs> so I guess it's kind of thinking mm-hmm. what your core identity is maybe. Mm-hmm. Right. And also, I mean, don't we grow as artists and learn mm-hmm. more about who we are as artists by seeing other people's work? Like when I go see somebody's show, I, I don't think of it as like, like I'm doing something for them. I think about it as we're we're kind of um, I'm we're both benefiting, right? Like I'm I'm learning something just as much. I gain just as much from seeing somebody else's show as from having somebody come to see my show, and and so um, and all of that is part of becoming better artists and learning more about who we are as creators. Um, so just to tag on everything we're saying back from this article, another quote I pulled, it says from Bonnie says from this perspective, uh, self-promotion takes on a different purpose. You are letting others know of your accomplishments and your value proposition, and you are offering to help in ways that benefit their organization. Everyone wins. Your team benefits from your promotional efforts. They receive recognition for their efforts and success. You benefit as a team leader who spearheaded the project or initiative, and the company wins as well. The company can use your accomplishments to initiate other projects or ideas across the organization. They can use your success metrics as an example for future company that cannot leverage your success in other areas. When my sketch team for this theater, when we do well, and there are people who are not maybe part of the community, but they're just like, hey, I want to see a show, and they just kind of stumble upon it, and... They watch our show. It's funny and it inspires them. Like, hey, maybe I'll try taking classes and um, try sketch comedy myself or improv comedy myself. And it's just, and then it helps the theater too. You know, it's like this health of the community in the theater that we're always constantly growing and changing and mm-hmm. and thriving in that way when when the community grows. Right. It's benefiting not just yourself but everybody on your team and or you know and on the show so to go back to the original spark that started this conversation um th- this was in the context of um you were asking remind me and listeners what you were asking playwrights to respond to was it plays that have haunted you is that yes it? i believe the question was what are some plays, memorable plays that have stuck with you? Um, mm-hmm. um, it could be original play you've seen or read, um, but it was pretty open. Like it, I wasn't like gearing towards any specific thing, but it was very open, and mm-hmm. I wanted to hear. But you're inviting people mm-hmm. to talk about plays they've that have had an impact on them and also maybe to talk about their own work too. Right. It it was kind of like a, an open ended question. 
So, okay. And so, and that was that post and comments were deemed to be too much in the way of self-promotion. Um, so what do you think about that? Me? <laughs> yeah. Um, so trying to feel out my emotions. Uh, first I was very annoyed. Um, because <laughs> I was just thinking the, what is the point of a social media, a place of, of sharing information? Like that's the whole point of what social media is, is that you're, it's, first of all, it's self-promotional no matter what, because it's like you're promoting events, you're promoting uh, groups, you're, it's all self-promotional the way it's programmed. Even if you're just, even if you just post something about how sad your it's- day is and like, it's promotional. Um, asking people to give you support. Yeah. Is that yeah. still promotional? Okay, tell me why. Well, it's inviting. I mean, you're like letting everyone know something that's going on in its essence with you. Yeah, with you. Um, and so the way you're making everybody yeah. think about you, whereas before they were just yeah. happily going like, about The way it's just designed is just like you're acknowledging, you're publicly letting know everyone that's connected to you about something that's going on, whether it's something personal or professional or whatever that is. And so by design, Mm -hmm. when you pose a question like that in a group, it is self-promotion. Like you're inviting that same critique or the same uh, response the way you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's like advertising is, it's all really, that's what it is. Um, so yeah. this idea that, I don't know, like policing what promotion is amongst artists when their whole thing is like you're creating and you should be putting your work out there and promoting it. It was just like really boggling to me. And I don't have to be in that group. I don't. <laughs> like, it's a dollar choice at the end of the day. Like, there was, a, I'm not like, I don't care. I, it's fine. <laughs> Do you think it's possible to have a conversation about plays that people think are good without crossing the line into promoting those plays? Mm-hmm. What do you mean? I don't know, but it seems like that is the, that is the expectation. Like, can you talk about, can you talk as a playwright, can you talk about plays you've seen or that you think are interesting um, as a purely um, unpromotional discussion? That is so hard because. I know, I know. I honestly, I, I think whether we like it or not, the work is a product. So it's complete or incomplete mm-hmm. or whatever. It is a product because it came from an individual. And so I, or a company or whatever it is, a theater, but it is a product because once I feel like a, the public has access to it or seen it, or there's just no way around it, you you know, to talk about it. Um hmm yeah, I don't know. In publicity, in PR world, they always say, like, there's no such thing as a bad press. You know, there's they always talk about 
even the most like it oppresses press like <laughs> you know we got attention to this thing even though it's like really bad <laughs> like we still got attention because we worked really hard to get some kind of notice any kind of notice on this person or this event or this show or whatever so there's no such thing as bad press so if you get attention it's yeah, good because then you're like People are thinking about. It. People are talking about it. People are because I think there's what is what is that saying? If the if a tree falls in a forest and no one hears it, like does it still make a sound? Mm-hmm. Does it make a you sound? Know, it's like that. I think it's that same philosophy. Like if you do a play and nobody comes, nobody comes. No one's saying. Is that what you're did saying? Did it really happen? Did it really happen? <laughs> I mean, maybe to, yeah, it did for you, but like I don't know. Maybe if you talk to people more about it and people came to your show, I don't know, in the most, I'm saying it in the most like angry, cynical way, but (laughs) I'm just wondering, I guess, I guess you could have a group of playwrights that talk about craft and things that they find difficult in playwriting or things they find gratifying where they never name any of their plays. (laughs) They never, um, like try to convince anybody to see any plays that they love, whether it's their own or not. I mean, you could, you could mm, have I see. just, just a purely kind of intellectual, like, I don't know, like a philosophical debate group about playwriting. Where then you it kind of, doesn't that become right. in very niche and very self masturbatory amongst that group of people? Well, maybe. And also, I think you would never be able to get specific. Yeah. I mean, if, if self-promotion means just naming your play or naming a play that you think is really good, that you've seen, um, that, and, you, and you're not going to name any specific work or talk about specific details that would identify that work, then... That sounds like a pretty boring mm. conversation. Yeah. But but it I mean, I'm having fun thinking about this. Yeah. Oh, I have a question though for you. While we're on yeah. this topic, how would you describe yourself, Sam? <laughs> oh god. How would I describe myself oh. or my plays? Well, essentially they're the same question, isn't it? Almost the same, the same question, question. because when you talk about your plays, I'm getting to know because maybe like you when you start getting excited about a certain topic of your play, they're like, "Oh, Sam is really mm-hmm. interested in um, sisters destroying dolls and trash." <laughs> I was like, "Wow, I wonder what kind of like person that is." You know, when you when you get excited about mm-hmm. specific things about your work, mm-hmm. it's an insight to who you are, and I think that is maybe when people Mm -hmm. ask you that question like why you know who are you you know what are you asking me to promote myself girl you do more (laughs) of it (laughs) (laughs) um I I always have such a hard time with this question when people ask me to describe my work which I know is why you're asking me right now um I I guess I say what I I talk about Mm. themes. So 
I say, you know, I'm, I'm interested in environmental themes in my work and I'm interested in, um, often I have characters that are not human, whether they're animals or, um, well, I have a character who's kind of a human, but also kind of a monster. Um, and, and I, I like to use that as a way to help myself understand like what is it that makes human beings particular and also what it what is it that makes us similar to other life forms um and also something I really like to do in my plays is to have big gaps in time so um often there's a jump in years between act one and act two for example because I like to see, I like to have a break and then in act two, we're kind of fi- trying to figure out what happened mm. during the break. And also I like to have magic and. I mean, here's the thing. Like, I think. Yeah. And then when players ask me like, who am I? What's my voice? And I mean, what hearing you talk, you, what you like or what, what makes you tick or like what, what it is is that you like to experiment with could not have happened if you weren't writing those plays like you have to write and probably like a large sum mm-hmm. number of plays mm-hmm. to really make you think and being like well i'm starting to notice a pattern here of what i do and and then that kind of mm-hmm. i think helps you hone solidify what it is that makes you unique and stand out like i think for me when we wrote so many plays in grad school like i don't it was it was crazy how much we wrote mm-hmm. <laughs> and then having a little break and looking back my time in Iowa and seeing like just sort of the, the, the grand scheme of things. I'm like, Oh, I'm very much interested in stories about working class or like, cause, cause it becomes, I'm like, Oh, because mm-hmm. I came from that family as in, you know, a child of an immigrant. Like I'm sorry. I, you start yeah. to notice what it is that um, the themes, you recognize those themes because it's so larger from your life and you're like thinking, start thinking almost psychologically like, oh, this is who I am. This is my identity and this is where I'm pulling a lot of myself into. So yeah, but that wouldn't have happened if I wasn't writing it. Yeah. Those plays. And when you talk about your work and those ideas and identities, that makes me want to go see your plays. So, which is raising another question for me. Like if maybe, maybe self-promotion is all in the, in the eye of the beholder, because if you talk about your work and I'm interested and I'm like, Oh, I want to know more about that. Maybe I'll go see a Sarah Cho play. Then that's self-promotion because you, you effectively, (laughs) convinced me to go see your work but if you talk about your work and I'm not interested and it doesn't convince me to go see your play then is it self-promotion what do you think listeners (laughs) um no (laughs) yeah we want to know from you listeners we want to know how you answer questions about your work and how you think about self-promotion is it a necessary evil? Is it fun? I think at the end of the day, it's just like the this um, 
how we're all conditioned to think negatively about self-promotion. I think once we like remove that self-promotion as this very yeah. proactive, positive thing, then maybe that's a yeah a new different kind of conversation, maybe something better. But yeah. Well, and maybe we can stop thinking about it all through the, yes. through the lens mm-hmm. of capitalism. I mean, art does not have to be confined to our our small framework of the marketplace. It can exist beyond the kind of, mm-hmm. you know, economic drivers. So yes, maybe there's some money changing hands and, and maybe when you go see a play that somebody told you about, you're, you're like responding to some capitalistic promotion, but there's also so much else that's going on artistically. I wish we could go back to bartering. You do? Sometimes I think. What would you, okay. So here's a question. <laughs> Cause I was thinking about this the other day. I was like, what if the, we have like a huge depression and um, our economic policies right now drive our currency um, to like astronomical inflation or something. Or what if, you know, the dollar stops having value? What would I, (laughs) as a writer and an adjunct instructor have to offer, you know, like in exchange for a dozen eggs? <laughs> and I really, was, I really wasn't sure. Um, yeah, that's so. So, in that barter system, Sarah, what would you, what would you have to trade? I know you can make really good lattes. Make lattes, yeah. Um, that's I, like a useful skill. Yeah, I mean, people will never. I, I just can't imagine a world where people stop drinking coffee. People will always drink coffee. Mm. Um, I'm just like thinking about, um, I'm really good at making mac and cheese cauliflower. Ooh. Oh my God. It is life changing. Um, so I would just make meals, but how would I get those yeah, produce? I don't know. I'll just say good. like, <laughs> I'll make you these meals in exchange for all your produce and all the things. And, mm-hmm. and in return, in return, I'll have a bite of that meal too. <laughs> like. that's good i like it i like it um anyways i hope we we said a lot of things that you listener is are thinking about um a lot to do here and tell us what you would barter in a barter (laughs) economy we want to know great questions (laughs) what do playwrights have to offer come the apocalypse um and with that uh let's move on to glistens well, mine is obviously Grace and Jeanette, like white guys. Oh which my is god! A play by Sarah Chow wow. that I just wow. Read. Way to be promotional, and it's Way fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm promoting. Oh, thank you, Sam. Um, it's very funny. Um, and I hope that you're gonna send it out into the world so that I can see a production. Of Thank it. you very much. Um, I am going to rewrite it uh, as soon as um, I have time. Um, <laughs> um, another 
Sarah, in the interest of self-promotion, would you just say like a one-sentence synopsis of your play? Because I think you would do a better job. Um, Okay. The, let's see, it's, it's two very different Asian American women find friendship, uh, by learning that they both like white guys. (laughs) (laughs) And they enlist their friends to design an app. Yeah, create their own um, dating app that's specific to Asian women and white men. (laughs) Ain't that something? Wasians. (laughs) Wasians. Yeah. Yeah, it's hilarious. uh, Coming to a theater near you in not so distant future or never. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, Cool. Mike Listen is... Yesterday, um, after work, I just, I just, sometimes I, I hate stand-up comedy, but sometimes there are just days I just want to sit and listen to stand-up comedy. And yesterday I mm-hmm. listened to like three specials on Netflix, like three hours worth of stand-up comedy. And I have to say, so far this stand-up comic has a lot of backlash on his special, but I have to say... Dave Chappelle's Stick and Bones has is incredible. It is, I oh, mean, yeah. he is ruthless. He is bite. The comedy is so biting and dark. And if I'm not gonna lie, if you're a social justice warrior, you're gonna hate it because it's already there's a lot of backlash of like people commenting about his views on a lot of the topics that he shared that we all, you know, just about like what? from like from gun control, I mean, to women's rights. I mean, he's not saying negatively about them, but I think what he's calling Mm -hmm. out is um, how we, or like a lot of, like a lot of just Twitter nonsense that he's kind of pointing out, that people just sort of go into Uh. these random arguments or like calling things out that really is meaningless and doesn't, help with the situation it's just constantly just creating this noise and nobody wants to listen to but it's i mean it's just it was just hilarious i mean i was laughing beginning to the end throughout it all because it was really good um cool but don't i have to check that out i know Thanks right for so promoting bad. it sarah no it's not bad it's good uh um <laughs> uh, but yeah there's a lot so far i've been reading a lot of articles how pe- they're it's that is very negative, but I feel like that's just Dave Chappelle. Like I think, I just think that he's always pushing boundaries and being very provocative and saying those things that we're all feeling and thinking, but we're too afraid to say, you know, he's just pushing those boundaries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I didn't know this, but his wife is Asian. So I was like, what? <laughs> that I was, I was shocked. <laughs> I was like, whoa, I didn't, something I learned. Uh, Okay. Anyways, that is the end of our show. That's right. Thanks for listening. Thanks Thanks for for checking us out and make sure to share uh, with your friends, review, feel free to follow us on social media. That right there, my friends, is self-promotional.
Yes, and also we want to hear about your work always. So always. if you have any shows coming up that you want us to know about, please promote them mm-hmm. on our social media. Yeah, and we'll share it. We will. <laughs>